Awesome. Today we have with us Dean Amhouse, President and CEO of the Water Council. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here. We're so glad you could join us. Thanks. So first things first, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I fall into water. I'll put it that way. So you, and, uh, there's so many puns in this job. Fell into water. Fall, fallen into <laughs> oh, water. Fallen into fell it. Fell into the water. Okay. Presence as well. Uh, so my background, I actually grew up here in the Milwaukee area uh, originally, and uh, like many people back in several decades ago, left and uh, worked in New York City and worked in Washington D.C. and it was great all of those times, but ended up coming back here. But I had been working extensively in arts and cultural areas. Uh, there's not a connection with water in any shape or form, but I got interested in what was going on here around this whole water innovation going on by a job that I had at that time was called Spirit of Milwaukee, which was uh, an organization that was really aimed at branding Milwaukee and it started by Midwest um, Airlines at that point. And one of the things that we discovered was that we had this high density of water technology companies. And what struck me was anytime you're trying to brand a location, you want, you know, what's different? And the same thing for your company. You know, what do you, what's different about your company versus your competitors? And if we were going to stand out from other or cities or regions around the United States, you really sort of thought about this whole notion of water. And while a lot of places and every place has water, it's what they're doing with it. And we were sort of that notch above everybody else. And I thought it was a very unique uh, thing. And I started on the volunteering with my organization as we were starting to grow and develop this. And I got deeper and deeper involved with it until finally I ended up with a new job. And when they said, why don't you just run the organization? And it was a great opportunity. It was one of those uh, chances that really don't come around very often and you have to seize upon it and take it, and I did. That's awesome. So how did the Water Council come to be in the first place? Sure, so it's, it's interesting is that people think about us as an organization, uh, and appropriately, as about 10 years old. Um, but really what we talk about is that this cluster of companies, utilities, universities that are here, it really goes back probably 150 to 160 years ago um, because we as a, the Water Council, all we do is really are a connector, we're a convener, bringing all of these different entities together. And the, the roots of what has become here in Milwaukee, frankly, goes back to the brewing of beer. So it's all about the beer in Milwaukee. And those big breweries, uh, you know, at that time there was Miller and Schlitz and Old Milwaukee and Pabst they needed companies that, uh, nothing really sexy about this, but they needed companies to measure the water, to move the water. So they needed pipes and fixtures and meters. And those companies started to locate here because of the breweries, big, huge water users. There were also uh, a lot of uh, manufacturers, tanneries, again, requiring a lot of water. And over decades and decades, those suppliers to those users kept on growing and expanding. Also at that same time, in an unfortunate situation, we were polluting our rivers and lakes. 
Um, and that went on for a very, very long time, and it was, and you can certainly hear, you know, the stories of what it became. It was not unique to Milwaukee. It was happening all over the United States, and unfortunately, it's happening still all over the world uh, as well currently. But it was about 50 years ago when the Clean Water Act came into play in the United States, and there really was an interest of saying we've got to change our practices. So those large water users had to change how they were handling water, but the suppliers had to change. And of course, then we had polluted rivers and lakes, and so new companies came in to deal with all those issues. And so for a long period of time, they kept on doing their things. Uh, the utilities went through some tough challenges. Uh, as you probably know, 20 some years ago, we had a cryptosporidium outbreak. A lot of people died, many people got sick. We used to have significant overflows of sewage into Lake Michigan, uh, and we learned from that, and we got very, very good uh, as uh, processing water. And it was, again, about 10 years ago when, through an effort to see what were our economic assets in this region, that it was a discovery. It was truly an aha moment, and it was largely Two CEOs, the CEO of Badger Meter and the CEO of A.O. Smith Corporation, that truly by chance just were getting together, getting acquainted with each other, that spurred them to ask their, the question amongst themselves is whether there are other companies like themselves that are working in the area of water. And the reason why it was a discovery was that there was no business code. So when um, any big consulting firms that are looking to work with communities, what they'll do is just run these business codes. Um, so, you know, Neroli and Aveda are, you know, some code in there. Well, there was no business code for water technology. And so what those CEOs did is they got their staff to go and find what the, you know, sort of was going on here. They found about 50 companies uh, through some other efforts that I was associated with, we found those same companies as well. And it was really fortunate that we just combined our efforts. We found each other by complete accident, combined it and started the whole process up. And since that time, in really 10 years, we found more companies along the way, but we've also started up new companies, more have come here. So now we are 238 companies in this region that are providing solutions on water quality and quantity issues, plus I guess, uh, plus also all the universities that are here, the School of Freshwater Sciences, the engineering programs, and then those great utilities and the work that they're doing. So that's sort of the genesis. That's a long story yeah. or a long response, but it's, a, it's, a, it's pretty cool. It is really cool. So, so who are some of the major players that you work with? Well, you know, there's a, there's a lot of names that you're not necessarily going to remember or know about mm -hmm. at all um, because they all have these sort of strange names like Xylem and Evoqua and all. But, you know, names that you might be familiar with, certainly Badger Meter. Mm -hmm. uh, A.O. Smith may not necessarily be a company that you think about all the time. Uh, but if you go down into your basement, you probably have an A.O. Smith water heater. Uh, they're now moving into the filtering business as well. And so there are products, you can go to Lowe's and find their products, but there's other companies like Kohler, as an example, or somebody like Insincorator, where 
you know, a lot of times people don't think about their garbage disposal as being part of the water industry, but it really is. It's very important because what incinerator does and garbage disposals is grind up all of this waste from your kitchen, goes into the wastewater system, and they use that to really produce uh, what's called here in Milwaukee, called malorganite, which is an organic fertilizer. So it is a product that helps that whole process occur. So those are kind of the names that uh, you know, are certainly here from the corporations. The universities, of course, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee and the School of Freshwater Sciences and then Marquette University. Uh, but we are starting to reach out uh, certainly across the entire state. Uh, we just had a very good call yesterday with the University of wisconsin Platteville. Uh, that's got a great agricultural program, so we want to be able to work with the farmers and future farmers because what they're doing when they're managing their farms impacts what goes on here in Milwaukee. So Dean, a couple of years ago we formed a partnership, Neroli, the Institute of Beauty and Wellness and the Water Council. Tell us how that all came to be. Well, this is a one of those wonderful sort of surprises is when you get a call from somebody uh, completely out of the blue and you know thinking what where is this one so you know susan calling up and contacting and saying you know say neroli and aveda we have a real strong interest in water and of course the the first thing you know you, you scratch your heads and go okay i'm not seeing this connection but when you realize is how much water is used um, in not only the salons, but in the process of producing the shampoo, shampoo and the products, there is so much water. Um, so it's certainly from that standpoint, but then also your consciousness and awareness of the impact upon water. And in particular, I would say on young women uh, and young girls, uh, and I think What's something that we've talked about often is, you know, when you start looking on a global scale and people talk about the, the water issues that are out there. Uh, and we talked to a lot of big uh, international aid um, funds. They want to come in and, you know, build schools and provide books and, and all those great things. And it's all very necessary. But one of the things we keep on encouraging them and saying, before you do any of that, make sure you can get these kids water. Um, because that is the most important thing, especially for the girls. Because you can build the greatest school and have all the books, but these young girls have no time to go to school because they're having to haul water. It's a very hard you know, life. There is uh, a lot of risk security along that whole path of you know, processing. So we've said, listen, make sure they're being able to get clean water and the whole system will start to change because those young girls then can go to school. They've got the time to do that. Young women can have jobs. Uh, they can start their own businesses by the simple act of being able to provide clean water. And so when Susan said, you know, can we partner up with you on this? You know, as we thought about it, it made a lot of sense uh, as well. And it's certainly great to be able to have that kind of a, a partnership and collaboration where we're not having to sell the importance of water, 
but being able to have people, you know, like all of your staff and uh, your students who are committed to it and realizing it, uh, and they're simply our ambassadors and messengers. Um, so it's been wonderful for us. We're so thrilled because, to your point, we are part of the Aveda network, and for years, 20 plus years, Aveda has been very uh, vocal and active in making sure that globally the issues you're talking about with young women in particular having that access happens and supporting to that end. So we're super excited to be able to move forward with you and kind of explore um, more possibilities of growing that on a local level too and supporting on a local level, which is really amazing. So to that end, I, if you could talk a little bit about how um, our partnership has developed here locally and what our Neroli fundraising efforts during Earth Month have afforded you at the Water Council the opportunity to do. Well, and I think, uh, again, as I just said, you know, we're certainly conscious of the whole global scale of things that are going on, the importance of it. But we also realize that you have to start acting locally before you go globally or at the same time. And, you know, there are a lot of great efforts that are going on across the entire world. But, you know, there is a huge need that is here. Um, we, unfortunately, uh, still have to deal with a lot of you know, serious issues uh, in Milwaukee and across the entire United States. And, you know, we really believe that you know, our future is also sort of the young talent and, and the new people who are coming into the industry. Um, and so we've been fortunate to be able to team up with you to create this Water Leaders Fund for primarily you know, college students, uh, graduate students, to be able to provide some funds for them to be able to do projects in the city, uh, to be able to do projects in other parts of the world as well. And you know, for a lot of these students, it doesn't take a lot of money. They can stretch it out uh, in a long uh, process, but that little bit helps them to do so much. But it's also, a statement of confidence that we have in them. Uh, so they go through that competition and being able to say, it's sort of like a stamp of approval that they can then leverage to be able to go in other places as well. And our hope is that those then young people um, sort of follow with that interest in water and pursue it as a career uh, so that then they become a researcher or they can become an engineer or they can run these companies down the road but the real belief is that our future has to be with that young talent as well. That's very cool. So tell us about some crowning achievements that have come out of the Water Council. Sure. So I think there's something that's certainly very significant for us has been the Global Water Center. Uh, we opened that uh, roughly about five and a half years ago. and. I will say that has launched us to a whole nother level of global recognition. Uh, we have probably every single year 40 to 50 international delegations that come and visit us. Uh, we've got multiple businesses always coming in. Uh, it has been an anchor for us as an organization, for these businesses that are here. Uh, it really unites the entire cluster of companies, universities, and utilities and has put Milwaukee on the mark uh, as well. 
Um, so it's a beautiful building. We were able to restore a building, but it's still just walls and pipes and so forth. And what really the magic is what's going on inside the building with the people. And while we were started up and continue to work largely, work with very large corporations, we also find that we have a real strong niche around small businesses and entrepreneurs because these are the companies that need a lot of help. You know, the big corporations, they've got their staffs and they've got their R&D folks, but the entrepreneur is maybe one person, maybe two or three. And what's been great is to see that over the last five years, uh, through some of our programs, we've gone from two startup companies to probably over 40 now. And that's that future uh, as well. Um, some of those entrepreneurs are uh, older, but young in heart. Uh, some are very young as well, but still have got that uh, spark of um, innovation and really aspiring to do some great things. Some of those companies have you know, failed along the way, but that's part of that whole process of being an entrepreneur and innovation. But we're seeing more and more of those succeeding, and we will have our next cohort of companies starting in April, so we'll have six new companies coming, um, some from within the Milwaukee region, some from outside as well, and that's our ongoing effort. So what's exciting is to be able to see how those companies have grown and developed and uh, you know, something that we actually have coming up um, soon in the, uh, in the end of March is the World Bank is coming and they're holding an event here uh, looking for companies that they can work with because uh, they're on a procurement standpoint uh, around the world. And they picked Milwaukee as the place in the United States where they want to hold this seminar. So it's a great opportunity for our companies here, but also from around the United States to be able to come to Milwaukee and to see this opportunity. So to get that kind of recognition is uh, significant. It's unbelievable, really. And I think, honestly, living here on the Great Lakes, we sometimes, I think, take for granted oh, the amazing resource that we're literally living right on top of. And I think that's why for Susan and everybody here at Neroli, we're really passionate about it. I mean, we're sitting right now what, three blocks away right. from one of the largest freshwater resources in the world right. and don't even think twice about it. So right. it's, I think, really super cool. Well, and, and we live in an area in this region, Milwaukee region. Uh, we are very water rich, but we're also water poor uh, because you can go 15 miles west of that shore and you're going to get into a whole different topography and um, that, a different watershed. And so when it rains, that water that hits in that area doesn't end up in Lake Michigan. It ends up ultimately in the Gulf of Mexico and is lost. Um, and so there are issues, again, in this our own region, but it's that awareness, which is really, really critical. And don't take it for granted. I, I think Within the United States, that is starting to change. They're starting to become a realization. Again, unfortunately, because there are too many problems that might occur from water shortages or the lead pipe issues. But what it does do is raise that consciousness. Uh, it is not something that it just happens elsewhere. It's actually happening locally as well. So 
Um, our partnership hopefully will raise that uh, level of awareness, and there are a lot of good people that are helping to deliver that message. That's why we do Earth Month. So Indeed, yeah. yeah, can't wait to get that started. Along those lines, if you could make a recommendation to people living in the area, or you know maybe elsewhere as well, something they could do on a daily level to make a change, what would that be? Well, I think we sort of touched on this in terms of how we use water, uh, and you know one of the most simple things that can be done. Um, is when they're in the shower and using the uh, Aveda products to wash their hair. Um, you don't need to take a 30-minute shower. It is to you know shower with that consciousness of how much water you're using. And so if we could all just take a, a, a time to sort of think about this and say, let's you know obviously bathe, let's wash our hair, but let's not stand there and let the water keep on running and running and running because uh, that's just a waste of something that's really, really precious. And I think you know those little simple steps will go a long way as well. And you know, increasingly we hear a lot of um, you know children and, and youth who are aware and telling their parents and that. And we saw that impact you know many years ago on recycling of you know products and you know now today we've you know have changed and it's really starting with that young you know person to be able to have that impact so i guess that's my one suggestion is take shorter showers couldn't agree more and it's kind of funny you mention it because a couple of years ago when my kids were a little bit younger i was brushing my teeth with the door open and my son walked by and he was horrified like mom what are you doing what I'm brushing my teeth. Turn off the water, right, right. which I, I think just shows that the generational shift has definitely occurred. I would never have thought twice about that when I was that age, but our kids are certainly aware, which yeah. is great. And it is. It's just you know, pay attention to this resource. And um, I've had the good fortune of being able to travel uh, to many places around the world, and I've seen some you know really horrific situations. And you come back with a whole sense of uh, respect. And I think that's the thing. Is we have to respect our water. And it is a precious resource. We can't make, well, people can say, yes, we can make new fresh water through desalination. But uh, there are challenges with that. But as a planet and as a world, we have the water that's been here forever. Uh, we're not going to. It's not going to increase necessarily. It's not going to decrease. It's just where is it and in what shape in terms of quality. And so we've got to make sure that, you know, certainly the quantity is there in the right spots, but the quality has to be there as well because without the quality, it's uh, not usable. Certainly. Well, Dean, thank you so much thank for you. being with us no, today. We pleasure. appreciate it. And we're looking forward to a very successful Earth Month. Good. I uh, wish you all the best and to the students to, you know, because they're the ones that are going to be the champions and uh, convince people to, like, they got to give and support. So anything that they can do would be great. And, and ask for everybody to really help for what's a really important cause because it is those future water leaders that are the, the basis for our water future. Thank you so much. Thanks.
You've been listening to the Neroli Uncut Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. See you next time.